From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Virada Salim. Less than a century ago, Bangkok cityscape was totally different from the bustling metropolis that we see today. As in the time before the modernization of the city, the area where Bangkok now stands was dominated by the canals and gardens. In the early days of Bangkok, most areas outside the city wall were once green farmlands, fruit orchards, and seasonally flooded wetlands, which were crisscrossed by a network of canals. This traditional landscape of the city was the reason why Bangkok got its globally renowned nickname, Venice of the East. Not just the canals that once Bangkok was known for, the nutrient-rich sediment from Tapaya River, the major lifeblood of Thailand, made fruits from Bangkok's orchards having distinctive flavor and famous throughout the country. However. With large-scale modernization and economic development of the country beginning in 1950s, these lush landscapes around Bangkok were gradually replaced by urban communities, as the inner city area continuously expanded to cover surrounding farmlands. According to a study by Department of Landscape Architecture, Kasesa University. The city of Bangkok grew almost 10 times within just four decades. As in 1959, the urban areas of Bangkok were just about 100 square kilometers, but the number surged to about 1,000 square kilometers in 2000. The rapid expansion of Bangkok has already caused us various problems as the city becomes barren of trees and green spaces. A report published in April 2022 by Rocket Media Lab, an open-source public data analysis managed by Thai people, showed that Bangkok's green space per capita now only stands at 7.49 square meters, well below the minimum of 9 square meters per capita recommended by World Health Organization, or WHO. If we add the 3 million non-registered people living and working in Bangkok into the equation, the proportion of green space would drop to just 3 square meters per person. Not just having too few green spaces, Rocket Media Lab also showed that Bangkok people face problems of unequal accessibility to the green spaces. The Urban Green Space Statistics of Bangkok Metropolitan Administration, or BMA, the local government of the capital of Bangkok, lists nearly 9,000 parks of various categories in the city, but the majority of them are privately owned parks. Only 113 parks are actually accessible to the general public, according to the findings of Rocket Media Lab. Moreover, these 113 public parks are clustered within a few districts, such as Pranakorn, Jatujak, and Praved, each of which has seven or more public parks in its boundary. On the other hand, three other districts do not have any green space accessible to the public at all. Districts are administrative area of Bangkok, and there are 50 districts in the capital. 
The inadequacy of public green spaces is a major problem of Bangkok. This is because it does not only make the cityscape less attractive; it also subsequently contributes to worsening environmental and health conditions of the city's dwellers. WHO has stressed that urban green spaces are a necessary component for delivering healthy, sustainable, and livable cities. As they allow people to retreat from the busy city life and relax in the clutch of nature, meanwhile, trees and greenery also help filtering pollution and make the cityscape more pleasant. Therefore, WHO highlights that by ensuring sufficient green space in relation to the number of local residents, they can provide a wide range of health. Social and environmental benefits for all population groups, especially those in lower socio-economic status. Many scientific studies also indicate that urban green spaces can relieve some of major health issues, such as obesity or cardiovascular problems, and improve mental health and well-being among urban citizens. The Bangkok Metropolitan Administration, meanwhile, has insisted that it did not neglect this problem, as since 2019, the administration has been working on creating more public green spaces for people in Bangkok under a project known as Green Bangkok 2030, which aims to increase the capital's green spaces to 10 square meters per person by the year 2030. Under this project. The BMA also plans to make public green spaces reachable by everyone in Bangkok within a 10-minute walking distance. And since 2021 until the first four months of 2022, the administration has inaugurated 12 new public parks, adding nearly 200,000 square meters of green spaces to the capital. Nevertheless. Rocket Media Lab pointed out that BMA still faced some major challenges ahead in order to achieve its goals under the Green Bangkok 2030 project. One of the most significant problems is finding new plots of land to build public parks in a very dense city like Bangkok. It also stressed that BMA needed to carefully allocate its budget to equally create new public parks in every district and should not heavily invest in a few big projects in the city center. Up next, a local science reporter, Prat Rutiwanarom, talks to Associate Professor Dr. Panit Putinda, Head of Department of Urban and Regional Planning, Faculty of Architecture, Chulalongkorn University, on the issue of inadequacy of public greenery in urban cities. How our capital end up with having really few green space? For WHO standard on green space for urban dwellers is 9.0 square meter per head. Uh, about 10 years ago, Bangkok used to have about 5.8 square meter per head. But right now, we have about nearly 7.0 square meter per head. In the past, we did not face this kind of problem, not because we have a lot of public green space, but because we did not need them. Even in the capital city of Thailand, about 50 years ago, most of Bangkokians live in very large land parcel with a palace, castle, or very big house for the rich. Uh, 
The sky of land had private garden and orchards in the same parcel. The richest owned the large land parcel, and they had big family. Their subordinates and servants live in those kind of the complex. So nobody need private green space because they have their own private ones. But Bangkok changed drastically. People left big land parcels owned by the leases and live by their own in smaller land parcel like the subdivision projects. Private gardens became smaller and smaller and finally vanishes from the residents. Unfortunately, we have not prepared Bangkok for this kind of situation. BMA does not have enough land for public green space. As Greater right Bangkok has uh, 39 major public parks, according to BMA, and there are three more parks open this year. Do you think Bangkok already have sufficient uh, number of parks right now? By number, we are moving up to the WHO standard of 9 square meter per head. BMA may think it called success, mm-hmm. but the major problem from 39 big public parks is accessibility. When you have only big parks, that means the parks are located in the city center or sub-centers, which are very far from most of people's houses. People cannot walk or take a bike to the parks and they cannot use the park as the recreation and exercising areas in their normal daily life. Only few people who obsess to exercising in the park, put the effort to get to the parks. Most of them have to travel long distances and with costly transportation fee and time to enjoy parks we have. Do you think why we need more public park and green space in Bangkok? Um, clearly, we need more public parks. But we have to change our perspective on the word public. Mm-hmm. Normally, we think that we can call them and use them as public parks only if the parks are public owned. And that way of thinking led to scare public parks and unaccessible to most of the people who live in Bangkok. We have to change our perspective that We need public uses on any kind of owner, public, some of public or private owner. Mm -hmm. This is not the new paradigm. Most cities in the world being private land to use for several public purposes with the concept of privately owned public space or POPS. The POPS is the procedures to give the incentives or compensation to the target private land that have potential to be used for public purposes. The ownership of the land are still of private owners, but only the uses of the land or some part of are public use. The incentives could be direct compensation or barter with land tax exemption or development gain. For example, the city of Tokyo asked one private owner to give 30% of 
a parcel on Ropongi Hill to be a POPS public parks. The landowner gets special allowance for building higher than the general law. For Thailand, we have the word of POPS in our Urban Panic Act since the first act in 1952, about 60 years ago. But we have never used it because we think the urban planning cannot give incentives or compensation to private owners, even if it is stated clearly in the act and it has been used around the world, but this is Thailand. And do we have any uh, example of this kind of park in Bangkok? No, we don't have it at all. But um, last year, um, one group called, uh, called Chama Soen in the uh, cooperation with the Thai Health Promotion Foundation tried to put the new concept of the public usage park in the, on the uh, private landowner, they use crowdfunding process to, to get the money and to get the help from the people who live around the very small park on the private landowner uh, near Kualampong Temple. And how about the other major city in Thailand? Do, do they also have to fill green space in, in the city as well? Um, currently, the other cities in Thailand have not yet having this kind of problem because the area and the population density in those cities are far smaller than Bangkok. People do not live far from life field around the cities and most of them are still dominated by detached house with the garden inside the parcel. However, the major regional cities, for example, Chiang Mai, Nakhon Rasima, and Phuket are at the beginning state of the problems, and we have to be well prepared for this kind of problem in the future. That is Unlock the Science reporter Brad Rutiwanarom talking to Associate Professor Dr. Panit Putinda of Department of Urban and Regional Planning, Faculty of Architecture, Jalalongkorn University. We will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. The definition of urban green spaces does not only limit to just public parks, but also includes other types of green areas, such as communal gardens, agricultural areas, and forest lands. Therefore, greenery can provide many other benefits to the cities and their dwellers, in addition to serving as recreational areas for resting and relaxing with the nature. One of the other benefits that urban green spaces can provide is food security. The Sustainable Agriculture Foundation, a Bangkok-based environmental advocacy group which works to promote urban farming, points out that Bangkok residents are very vulnerable to food insecurity. Despite of ample food supplies in supermarkets, fresh markets, and convenience stores, Bangkok can easily suffer food shortage if the city's food supply is disrupted. 
This is because Bangkok relies almost entirely on food produced and transported from elsewhere. Therefore, the foundation stresses that Bangkok would need more urban farms and communal gardens in order to provide local food source for its residents. The organization also encourages urban communities to convert unused plot of land in their neighborhoods to communal gardens, in allowing local people to grow their own food, so they can have access to locally produced food even in the time of economic hardship. Since the health and well-being of people in urban cities is closely linked with its state of nature and environment. Many major cities throughout the globe are now trying to bring back nature and native wildlife to their people. Urban green spaces, especially the natural ones such as forests and wetlands, are also essential for sustaining nature and ecosystems. According to the World Economic Forum, many metropolises such as Singapore, Sydney, Frankfurt, and New York have already started their own urban rewilding projects in order to redesign their urban spaces to better support biodiversity and ecosystems. Bangkok is another city that follows the urban rewilding trend. With the opening of Bentakiti Forest Park in early 2022, Bangkok now has new green space that is designed to recreate the original wetland landscape that Bangkok used to have. This forest section is an annex to the existing Bentakiti Public Park. A l o c k t h e science reporter Prat Rutiwanarom talks to Siri Pani Supratya, a veteran journalist whose expertise is in wildlife and ecosystems, about the significance of urban biodiversity and rewilding efforts of Bangkok. What exactly is rewilding? Well, rewilding. Um, I think it's becoming a trendy term that gets thrown around a lot. In truth, it is. It, it does mean restoring the quality of an ecosystem. Um, it's like it's a progressive approach to conservation uh, in terms of letting nature heal itself. Human takes a step back, and um, and restoring, especially in considering to the animals that were perhaps driven out of or maybe got exterminated from the area. Um, when considering rewilding, I think. Maybe it's easier if we, if we, you know, look at the comp- components of rewilding. Um, so rewilding consider bio biodiversity, uh, ecosystem functions, and ecosystem uh, services. Ecosystem function is how the system, well, the, how the ecosystem works and processes, and how the components um, deliver goods and services for our needs, whether mm-hmm. it's in. Indirect or directly, so these goods and services are include in the ecosystem services. Oh, so these are regulating, like regulating the temperatures of our, uh, like how the trees regulate temperatures and air quality. Um, how the ecosystem supporting us, like water recycling, water cycle, soil mm-hmm. formation. Why we need rewilding for the city? What is the What is the benefit of the biodiversity to the city and uh, citizen? Um, the area of Bangkok is considered a flat plain, so it's an, a river estuary that's very uh, abundant in you know 
resources and animal life. That's that's why way back when it, it was good for cultivating rice, and thus civilization was born here. But um, as the as the civilization or the city progresses, it I think it's how to put this. It's becoming more and more detached from the natural environment, and actually. By becoming more detached, it creates more problem unto itself. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think you you all must have heard this, but uh, Bangkok is because it's a flat plain or yeah. the flat plain. Um, it has flood often, and um, the the coastline gets the so the sea level rises and the coastline gets eroded very quickly. So we are losing. Um, lots of land every year, be- due due to climate change and you know natural erosion, whatsoever every year. But actually, if we conserve the area along the coastline, like um, the mangrove forests and natural vegetation along the coast, it would not stop but lessen the effect of the soil erosion. So. Actually, if we learn how to listen to the nature and learn how to live along in harmony with it, it would benefit us in the longer run. Since right now Bangkok has a new public park that mm-hmm. dedicated to the uh, ecological restoration. Yeah, what is it called? Uh, Benjakiti. Uh, Benjakiti ben- ben- forest. Uh, first of all. <laughs> Um, the idea behind Benzakiti, I think I I'm I'm for it. I'm going for it because I think it's important and it, it's it's a good thing that a lot of people are seeing the importance of having more quality green spaces mm-hmm. in in the city and um and you know having wetlands. We don't see wetlands often because mm. usually when we think of wild in in Thai term, we we would translate it as pa. And when you think of pa, you think of you think of like the north. You think of a uh, the green hills with the, the dense forests forest. yeah. and you know yeah. slight the jungle. Yeah, yeah, the jungle. But actually, wow means a lot of things, including wetland, mangrove, lots and lots of landscapes. But um, this, so this is a good surprise that that they decide to do a wetland in in the middle of the city. But however, I. I don't agree with a lot of it, like how they say it's sustainable and it's like mm-hmm. promote native plants and you know this is central park of Bangkok. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a bit far fetched for that. Um, sustainable? Not sure. They said this is could be this could be another okay. water basin, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure how it's connected to the larger system of the Chapaya Basin. Um, it's quite. It's quite flat. It's quite shallow. So I'm not sure how the maintenance in the long run is going to be. Mm-hmm. As you know, in Thailand, not just Bangkok, a lot of things gets done in terms of projects. And when the project is done, nobody is looking after mm-hmm. it or or maintain it for the longer run. Mm-hmm. So everything just deteriorates after that. And um, as for the native plants, I visit the park, and I I think I don't see as much. Native plants, as I and I as I would like to see, mm-hmm. if they promote themselves as, you know, lover of native plants and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And how about the good side? Do you think this park 
have any the, the pro to the environment and nature of Bangkok? Well, I guess it's a good start. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I I'm for one, I always think that Bangkok needs more quality green space, and by quality, it's also has to do with how you measure quality of a green space. It also mm-hmm. has to do with the size of the space, the age of the trees, mm-hmm. the species. That live in there, mm-hmm. whether it's plants or animals, or blah, blah blah, and number of wooden tree, I not see. just any trees. Mm-hmm. So, I always think it's important to have more quality spaces because of the, you know, it's better for us. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this park, it's a good beginning. Mm-hmm. I hope. I see. <laughs> it's a good beginning, but we mm-hmm. must not stop there. With I see. Yeah, mm-hmm. we we should we should strive to do better. One thing that we still did did not touch upon is mm-hmm. the issue about the biodiversity. Mm. Do you think why we we need to have more wildlife, more biodiversity in the city? Well, actually, a lot of it benefits us in mm-hmm. a way that we don't realize. Like lots of time, we complain about having mosquitoes. Yeah. Right? Lots of things eat mos- mosquitoes, like bats, lots of birds. You know, but these animals. Some of them are not really popular with, with us. Yeah. Like, like bats. Like po- the people don't like snakes. Yeah, people don't <laughs> like snakes. People mm. don't like bats. But like snakes, even monitor lizard, they eat um lots of smaller animals like rats, you know, pets, pigeons, which mm-hmm. we don't like. So actually, having a dynamic, a better dynamic between animals would help us in an indirect way. I would like, well, now that we are having the election for the Bangkok governor, I would like to see some of the candidates maybe talk about this. How, how we could, you know, spread the knowledge about the diversity and the importance of having, you know, urban animals living with us. And maybe they are not so cute and cuddly as mm-hmm. as you would like, but they are useful in in their own ways. Bangkok does not just have a ratio of urban green spaces lower than the WHO's minimum requirement, but the city also has to deal with its drastic disparity of the access to public green spaces among its residents. It is clear that the lack of urban green spaces is one of the major challenges of Bangkok in making it a more livable city. But we are not without solutions to these problems. As there are many unused or abandoned plots of private land around Bangkok, Associate Professor Dr. Panit suggested that the idea of privately owned green spaces could be applied to tackle the problems of inadequacy and unequal distribution of public parks. Dr. Panit said the BMA should negotiate with owners of these unused lands by offering them compensations or other incentives. In return for the right to use their lands as new public green spaces, Sri Pani also highlighted that not just having more trees and green spaces in the city, conserving and maintaining urban biodiversity and functional ecosystems are also essential for assuring healthy environmental conditions in Bangkok. While we are working to increase more urban green spaces in various neighborhoods of Bangkok. It is worth to consider the ecological aspect of these green spaces in order to help the rewilding of the capital. 
Unlock the Science would like to thank Associate Professor Dr. Panit Putinda of Department of Urban and Regional Planning, Faculty of Architecture, Jalalongkorn University, and Independent Environmental Journalist Sri Pani Supratya. I hope you enjoy our program. You can listen to Unlock the Science on Jalal Radio Plus at FM 101.5 every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1:30 p.m. You can also listen and follow us on our website curadio.jula.ac.th and our Facebook page. Our show is also accessible as podcasts, including on Apple and Spotify. See you again next Saturday. Have a nice day. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Simfa Tunsorawood. <laughs>